Hi everyone, my name is Juanita Kamala and welcome back to my wellness podcast where we talk about everything related to fitness, nutrition, mental health, emotional well-being, as well as spiritual well-being. So, so important to ensure that all your elements of wellness are collected and nourished in order for true holistic wellness and healing to occur. Nonetheless, it's been a while since I've actually recorded. I feel so bad. But I'll be honest with you guys, work happened. And the last time I recorded, I was still in corporate. Thereafter, I went independent and entrepreneur. And I'll say it's been a roller coaster ride of notes. All I can say is that it has had high highs and low lows. <laughs> but I honestly do not regret the big jump. Um, so far, it's been good. It's been busy, like I said. However, I absolutely missed recording because I love it so much. And also because I love sharing so much with you guys in terms of my experience, what I'm going through, how to navigate this wellness journey. It means a lot to me that you guys have been so patient and welcome back. And thank you so much. Regarding the next, well, this episode, the topic is one which I actually should have launched my podcast with. I realized that I didn't. However, it's never too late, so hence why we are here today. The topic for today is how to get started in your wellness journey. This is for beginners, and of course, I believe that the information which I'm about to share right now is also very relevant for people that are in the journey that have, what's the better word to use, that have slacked off, that just need a gentle reminder of what they need to do to get themselves out of the rut that they're in, and to continue. It's never too late. Always remember that we are not chasing a particular timeline. We are chasing making sustainable long-term habits. And it's so key to realize that success is not always linear. It'll have ups and downs. Recognize them. The key thing is to get back up and keep on going. No, really, keep on going. So I know that starting can be so intimidating and it can be so daunting, especially if you've never done this before. There's so much information that you can find on the internet that you don't know what is right, what is wrong. When you go to the gym, you don't know what to do. The equipment looks intimidating. By the wayside, you have all these buff, bulky men that are training and like they look so intimidating. You don't want to go there because they don't look friendly. So it's not easy and I completely understand and I felt the exact same way when I started and and I got a bit of help and I had a trainer, I had a friend that did it with me. So getting a bit of help goes a long way and I want to make it easier for you wherever you are so that you tomorrow can wake up and be like, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and you should do so confidently. So the key benefits of keeping fit. There are tons. There's a myriad of them. I'm yet to hear about, you know, a drawback of being fit, to be quite honest. I'm going to give you guys just a couple of them, just as a reminder, again, that I'm not just doing this for, you know, to look cute, you know, (laughs) which is the primary reason why most of you get, get fit. But you need to remember that being fit has a lot of other benefits, which take care of your body, which allows your body to take care of you, for longer. So first benefit, of course, weight loss. 
or whether it's weight gain or weight maintenance that you're trying to achieve, of course, you will always see those results. You know, when you look good, you feel good and you're more confident and your self-esteem is just like, boom, it's skyrockets and you just feel like your personal best. And that's essentially one of the most amazing benefits of actually exercising. Secondly, it improves your energy levels and decreases fatigue. Thirdly, promotes better sleep. Fourth, one of my one point which I'm really passionate about, it helps apply depression, tension, anxiety, and stress. Uh, for me, this is predominant why I went to fitness because I was depressed, I was anxious, I was stressed, all of the above, you name it all. I couldn't afford therapy and I turned into fitness. I turned to fitness to help me cope and it really changed my life and for the better. And of course, it provides opportunities to meet and connect with new people. Next, provides mood, it improves your mood and self-esteem, like I mentioned. It improves your cardiovascular fitness, increases your muscle strength and endurance, increases your metabolism, mm-hmm, and helps you to maintain your weight. And of course, lastly, it helps to reduce your risk of chronic diseases and other adverse health outcomes. So there really is no reason for you to not get active. Like it saves you so much. And of course, it allows the body to look after you for longer. In terms of the steps and the points which I find very, very important that you need to ask yourself before you get started. The first one is to establish the why. Why do you want to lose weight? There will be days when you don't feel like training and you will have to remember the why because it is what is going to keep you going. You need to write this down and put it everywhere. And I mean it. Write it on your vision board, on your bathroom mirror, on your car, on your phone, in your wallet, at your desk. You get a picture. You need to make sure that you remember the why at every single point. In fact, I forgot one element. Put it on your fridge. <laughs> Yes, put it on your fridge as well. And you, the day that you are demotivated, you're going to ask yourself why. And when you look at your whys, either pictorially or by the notes that you've made, that'll help you to stay on track. Number two, you need to decide. Decide that you want to do this for yourself and not for anybody else. If you are doing it for someone else, because your husband, boyfriend, family, um, colleagues, friends told you to do it, then you won't stick to it. Have you ever realized? Because that's because it's not your goal. It's not what you want. It's what somebody else wants over your life. And whenever you are not the one deciding on something, it's very hard to stay committed and stay motivated up until you actually finish it. So I need you to make 100% sure you're doing it, not because what society is saying, but because it's what you want and it's the decision that you are making for your life. Thirdly, see a medical practitioner. I will always advise that you consult with your doctor before embarking on a weight loss journey or starting or starting an exercise program. This is particularly to check if you have any special medical concerns when selecting your exercise and your diet program. Secondly, if you can, consult with a biokineticist to know your body composition. What do I mean by body composition? What your body is made of, which includes water, protein, minerals, and fat. This provides a more accurate depiction and description of your health than BMI. BMI 
please stop using it as a measurement of your fitness level or of your weight. It takes your overall weight, which includes your muscle mass as well as your fat, to calculate whether you're underweight, overweight or not. So it's not really the most preferred or the most reliable measure. I would always say avoid doing it. Now that we're on the subject of your body, I just want to expand a little bit just so you guys understand what your body is comprised of. I think it's so important as well that you get to learn your body and learn how it works. So your body is comprised of four things, as mentioned. That is water, protein, minerals, and fat. Water, point one. Your body is predominantly made of water. FYI, your fat, muscles, blood, and other body fluids all contain water. And then protein. And this is the protein containing your body's muscles, organs, and bones. Minerals. Your body contains minerals, which are mainly contained in two places. That's the bloodstream and inside of your bones. Fourth, but not least, fat. That's your stored energy. It protects your internal organs and acts as an insulator and regulates your body temperature. So I've mentioned four things. To summarize, water, protein, minerals, and fat. And your body is comprised of all these factors. However, Drilling it down even further down, these four factors are broken down into two components. These two components are fat mass and fat-free mass. What is fat mass? It contains your fat. And fat-free mass contains all the other components, which are water, protein, and minerals. Nobody, I repeat, nobody has a zero zero fat percentage that is no i'm not i'm not actually saying this right but nobody has zero body fat percentage yes that's all i guess <laughs> and it's impossible to retain such and nobody has ever achieved it and however having a high body fat percentage or one that's too low is also not advisable for long-term sustainable health all the above is very important because there's so much more to your body than just losing or gaining weight. So all these elements are at play and you need to take that into consideration when you are on your weight loss journey. For example, the reason why you need to remember this, for example, is that if you do not eat enough food, remember that your organs need resources, they need energy to actually function. When you're not giving your body the enough amount of energy it needs, that's when things are going to collapse. So you need to remember that when you're starving yourself, that you're literally going to mess up your entire bodily system. There are things which your body needs energy. It needs food to operate and to remain functional. Just a gentle, gentle, gentle reminder. Anyway, um, a muscle fat analysis is important for you to ascertain your body fat mass and your muscle mass. Some personal trainers offer this, and you can also get this done by biokineticists. Most biokineticists, you can find them in gyms or just Google. And of course, you can go onto the Trobe Wellness, Wellness Database website, www.trobewellness.com. We've put, together, we've put together a wellness database for you guys, and it's a directory, essentially, which has biokineticists, um, physiotherapists, it has personal trainers, psychologists and psychiatrists so you can go onto the website look at the um look at the directory and see who you can find and set an appointment to establish one and fourthly 
you need to be ready for permanent change. Deciding to lose weight is more than just a physical thing. It comes with a change in habits and a complete change in your lifestyle, what you eat, how you eat, your social behavior, and your activity level. You need to focus on building long-term sustainable habits. Like I remember, like I said, progress is not linear. You will make mistakes. You will have days where you don't meet your goals or weeks where you don't meet your goals, and it's totally okay. Remember to just get back up and continue going. Don't punish your body for your mis- for the decisions that you made yesterday. It's not fair to your body to do that. Pick up where you left off and continue as normal. Fifth, set realistic weight loss goals. As we get older, our bodies change and they change according to the different stages that we are in our lives. The body that I have now is so different to the body I had 10 years ago. How old was I 10 years ago? Um, 19? Yeah, 19. I was like, you know, skinny, minimal, um, minimal fat, no boobs, no bum. <laughs> I was a teenager, you know, an underdeveloped teenager. However, as, as much as I was my smallest then, I don't wish to look like that anymore. I'm not 19 anymore. I'm a woman and my body has changed um, so much over the past couple of years. And you need to take that into consideration. Understand that you may never fit into that teeny weeny little jumpsuit from first year varsity, and it's totally okay. I need you to settle for weight, which is more importantly, first, healthy. And then secondly, realistic and sustainable to your current stage and lifestyle. Six, make small goals. I cannot stress the importance of this. When you have big, hairy, audacious goals, they can be very, very intimidating. I need you to break down your goals into smaller chunks because that helps to keep you motivated to achieving your goal. With each small milestone that you achieve, it gives you more excitement and inspiration to conquer the next. I mean, people that say, I want to lose 20 kilograms, 30 kilograms, 15 kilograms. When you look at it, it sounds so big and it sounds so impossible. No. However, I need you to take that 30 kilograms that you want to lose, that 20, that 15, that 10, break it down. Say over, what, six months, you would like to lose two kilograms a month. Break it down. Basically say, like, you know what, 10 kilograms. First target that, and then move on to the next five, and then the next five. And what you don't realize is that psychologically and mentally, this actually gives you happy hormones, which encourage you to keep on going as you achieve every single milestone. I need you to remember that habits are not made of the big decisions. They are made of the small decisions which we choose daily. And those add up to the big goal. And that is how you build long-term sustainable habits. Seven point. Avoid weight loss scams. Those are everywhere. And more especially now because like wellness has grown so much. It's so popular. Everyone's trying to be fit. Everyone's trying to be healthy. You'll find you'll find yourself being sold what if, what do they call these things? Um some fit teas and uh, all these products in the market that promise you weight loss in five days and targeted weight loss, for example, if you have an uncover, if you just had a baby, and they tell you that it'll take off your, it'll shut up your tummy fat, it'll shut up your arm fat. I know all of us have, you know, most women have this when you wave the second arm. <laughs> I'm actually waving right now. I wish I had a video to show you guys this. But 
we all have been like we are literally bombarded with so much information that it's very hard for us to discern what's right, what's not right, and for you to not you know fall victim into all of this. Um, what I'm going to say to you is that shortcuts don't work. Don't waste your money buying things which claim to make you skinny overnight, and things like I said, such as just put skinny teeth and tablets, etc. A lot of them also frequently tell me how they want to lose weight on a specific area. The number one area all women want to lose weight on is their tummy. Every, I promise you, every single woman that I've encountered or has wanted to know about weight loss has said to me, Juanita, the tummy, so stubborn, I'm cover, you know, I just gave birth, the tummy fat doesn't want to go. And I know how frustrating it can be because you cannot wear everything that you want to wear. You don't feel comfortable wearing bikinis. You don't feel comfortable wearing crop tops. I understand. And I had I had a, I had a big tummy as well when I started um, training, you know. Um, however, I need to realize that oftentimes your tummy is often the last to go. And tummy fat is highly, highly diet dependent. And I'm telling you, abs are made in the kitchen and 20% in the gym. Nonetheless, with regards to exercising one specific area and seeing um, results there, that's not true and that's not possible. No matter how many crunches, how many sit-ups you do, how many Russian twists you do, as long as your diet is not right, you are not and never going to have a flat tummy or see those abs. The phenomena of the phenomenon that you can reduce fat in one specific area like your arms or like your tummy is called spot reduction. Spot reduction is a myth. Spot reduction is a misconception that targeting a specific area helps you bring fat in that specific place. You can't get rid of abdominal fat by only doing core exercises. Like I said, no matter how many crunches you do, you won't burn off the fat in that one specific area. I'm extremely, extremely sorry to disappoint you guys. While you may build a stronger core in the process, if your stronger core and all the definition, it will only eventually show once the body's overall fat percentage has reduced. When the body resorts to burning fat stores, it doesn't use the stores nearest to the muscles being flexed. Instead, Fat from the entire body is burned. You cannot burn fat in one area. When you burn fat, it dissolves from the rest of your entire body. And you need to remember that. Fat can only be lost from your entire body. And once you burn more fat throughout your body, your muscle definition will then be more apparent and your tummy will go down and the cover will disappear. So the eighth, eighth thing, which is I find, which I find very important, and I, you know, ladies, we love, love, love it so much. The scale. Get rid of the scale. Yes, you heard me. 100% correct. The scale isn't an accurate representation of your total body composition. What I mean by it is that your weight will fluctuate and often because of the exercises you are doing or the food you are consuming. Let me break this down for you a little bit more. If you are exercising, doing weights, doing strength training, the scale may go up because you are building muscle. Muscle has weight, hence why the scale may go up. 
it'll confuse you sometimes. Because you may think, I'm not losing, I'm not losing. We need to get the total number around the scale. But what you don't realize is that your body is actually changing. You may not be able to see it, but your composition is changing. Your fat is going down and you're building more muscle. That's why I say get rid of the scale. And oftentimes, the scale will go down. And you could be losing fat, but you could also be losing muscle. And we don't want to lose muscle. Mm -mm. You don't want to lose muscle. Promise. Trust. I'm going to do the next podcast I'm doing is about um, muscle and protein and how the two actually work together and and exercise and nutrition. You'll love that. Um, If you are literally obsessed about building muscle, um, that's a podcast for you to listen to. Nonetheless, you don't want to do that because if you burn your muscle, you can just end up being skinny and wobbly and you don't understand that most people don't actually aspire to look like that. So remember that too. Remember that the scale is not the most accurate representation of your total body and what's actually happening, the changes which are happening in your body. Like I said, it may fluctuate up because you're doing strength training, weight training, and the results of it will be more mass and less fat. Seeing the fluctuations can make you really demotivated. So I suggest you take the scale, put it away. Look at it once a week if you want to. But essentially, I wouldn't use it as a be and end all, as in the main determiner of my actual weight. Like I said, change is happening from their inside. You may not see it, but it's there. And the most accurate way to see that change is by doing a body composition analysis. Like I said, that's your fat to your muscle composition. And then the ninth point, genetics play a role in your weight loss. Genetics play an extremely important role as to how you lose fat in the initial phase. Each person's body has a natural pattern of where fat packs on or drops off. For example, my body, the first place you can see when I've gained weight is my face, cheeks, my arms and my shoulders, and my core, my upper body, essentially gives it away so quickly. I get fat least during, um, least on my lower body. That's my legs. So if you want to see where I gain weight, literally upper body. So when I started to lose weight, the first place it shared was around my thigh area. The fat around my tummy was most stubborn and the last visibly shed. This is not to say that you won't ever lose fat in your body's most stubborn areas, but it'll just take longer and I need you to be patient. This means that it requires consistency in your training and eating. Patience, patience, patience. Genetics do play a role. Don't forget that. Tenth, what do I mean by eating clean? <clears throat> eating clean is another subject which deserves an entire podcast on its own. And I have noted that and do realize it'll come to you in a few weeks time. Eating more whole foods, such as fruits, vegetables, lean protein, whole grains, and healthy fats. That's what I mean when I say eat clean. And limit highly processed snacks and foods, which are sweets, um, chocolate, and cake, and I don't know, your fried chicken, like all of those things, avoid, avoid, avoid them. And food which is already, has already been packaged, already pre-packed food. And I'm not saying that you should eliminate them from your diet completely and forever. What I'm saying is that you need to practice the 80-20 rule. And that means try to eat healthy 80% of the time and 20% of the time indulge in all these other things. 
moderate yourself. Don't have a chocolate stab every single day. In fact, don't have a chocolate stab the entire thing in one go. You're sabotaging yourself and you're sabotaging the progress which you have made. Rather grab two bars or four bars. You know what I mean? Instead of buying the entire big thing, buy a small one. So it's like about being smart in the decisions that you make. However, as long as for the greater part of it, you're eating clean, that's the most important. Don't be too restrictive in your diet because when you do that, you run the risk of binge eating should the opportunity arise. So it's like those people that would eat extremely clean and then when they fall over the bandwagon, they go extremely bad and they eat like, I don't know, pasta and pizzas and takeaways and sugar and all of that. And then once again, you're back to square one and then you're demotivated. And honestly, that's how that's how you start actually developing um, eating, 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 what do you call this thing, illnesses. So us is that when you crave something, have it. Just moderate yourself. You know that 20% of the time you are allowed that leeway. Moderate everything. Don't deny yourself of everything completely. And another thing that we tend to do, we eat properly Monday to Friday. Sorry about that. And then the weekend comes and we feel that like it's an opportunity for us to go ham. And then you end up like eating every single thing that you see in front of you. I've heard of something recently. It's called the IC, seafood diet. So basically whatever you see that is food, you completely eat. And that's what you guys do on weekends. And bad, bad, bad. Guys, you can't be doing that. All the work that you've done during the week, you have literally like jeopardized or like sabotaged yourself by having every single thing that you possibly can over the weekend. And then back to Monday, you start again by trying to be clean. That's a yo, you are basically yo-yoing and that's not healthy and that's not good for your body. And the second tip I want to share with regards to eating clean and preparing is prepare your meals and eat more from home. And I need to start with simple meals and use less sources in your food. Why? Those are hidden calories. I know you guys tell me, we need to eat chicken and next so dry. We all have to eat like that. <laughs> to be quite honest with you guys, not always, but the more cleaner your food is, the better. Sauces, mayo, tomato sauce, and all these things, you know, um, they all have calories and they're all hidden calories. Sometimes you may hit a plateau and you may wonder why. And that's because you're not losing calories, all these hidden things that you are eating. And you may not realize it, but I'm telling you, they count. They absolutely, absolutely count. So the cleaner you prepare your meals, the better. For example, today I actually made fish. But how did I make my fish? I sprinkled a little bit of olive oil on the fish and added like a roasting kid spice and a little bit of pepper. And that was it. Chucked it into the oven, baked it for like 20 minutes. I used minimal um, oils. I used minimal sauces and creams and all of those things that add up but you actually don't realize. So, MB, prepare your meals. When you prepare your meals, you know exactly what you put in. This is eating out all the time where you actually don't know what they're putting in and that could be jeopardizing your goals. And of course, eat more from home. And other than the fact that also it saves, it's actually very, very cost-effective for you to do that. And more importantly as well, avoid drinking your calories. By drinking your calories, I mean try to eat your food versus drinking it because you don't realize that when you drink a juice, let's just say hypothetically speaking, 
that's energy. Those are calories. But you're not going to count for them. But what you don't realize is that they're adding up to everything. It's not going to fill you up. All it's going to do is going to tickle your fans for like a few minutes. But then 15 minutes later, 30 minutes later, you're going to be hungry again. And that means you're going to go eat more. But you don't realize that you're actually eating way more than actually what you're supposed to. Because you're busy drinking your calories, which don't fill you up for longer. So rather eat your food because that really satisfies you and keeps you full for longer. Secondly, have a diet which includes all three macronutrients. That's your fat, healthy fats, your protein, healthy protein, and your healthy carbs. Cut back on foods which are added, which have added salt, sugar, or fat in them. So those are the key tips which I'm going to tell you with regards to your diet. More importantly, guys, I have a belief that if something can live more than a week, then I should be worried about it. Most natural things don't live beyond that. So be very careful and read your labels extremely carefully. What necessarily says sugar-free, diet-free, low-carb, read, read, read. Don't get fooled by all this um, marketing gimmicks, for all these marketing gimmicks. Eleventh, by the way, there's 14 key points. So we're on the 11th point. So we're nearly done with the podcast. The 11th point is get an accountability buddy. An accountability buddy is someone that will hold you accountable for your fitness goals. Share your goals with them and what you're trying to achieve. Days when you are lazy or don't feel like training, they'll be there to push you. It is also harder to get out of a gym date if you have committed to it with a friend. Because best believe, I'm going to be like, yo, what are you doing? I'm coming to your house. You're going running. (laughs) So that's the kind of person that you need. You don't have to necessarily train together, but it's better when you do so that they essentially, you know for a fact that there's someone waiting for you and it's rude to stand people up. Rude. And then 12, keep it moving. You don't always have to be within a gym to get your daily exercise. Simply keep it moving. And I mean it literally. Walk, run, dance, go hiking, clean the house, home workouts straight from your house are all efficient. A lot of people say, I can't afford gym. And it's okay. If you don't afford gym, gym is not an excuse for you. Not affording gym is not an excuse for you to not being fit and being healthy and reaching your wellness goals. Like I said, just keep your body moving. Go for a walk. Go for a run. And like try everything out up until we come across what you love and what you like. And then stick to it. But if I can even just vary things up, just keep it moving. And then 13, if you can't afford a gym, I know that some of us may not be able to afford a personal trainer and we don't know how to navigate around weights. Like I said, the best advice I can give you is to join a class. There are so many benefits to joining a fitness class. People often don't know where to begin and navigate the machines, like I said. And I say start with group classes. They are less intimidating. And honestly, try all these classes up until you find something that you love. And that you enjoy. Other benefits of joining a class, FYI, they were a great socializing opportunity. Fitness classes, they're a wonderful place to meet people who have similar lifestyle goals and needs. Boom. Like-minded people that you need in your life to help you, keep you accountable for your goals. Number two, it's a motivational boost. 
Participating in a group exercise class challenges you to work out beyond perceived limitations. The instructor observes your body for signs of fatigue and pushes you to your limits. So one of the things, like one of the things which my <laughs> my trainer uses to keep me going during a workout, he records them and is like whenever the camera's not on, you kind of like slack off a little bit when you're really tired. However, when the camera's on, like Juanita is just a boom, jumping and into it. <laughs> so the same thing happens when you're doing a class um, exercise. There are people around and you don't want to be like left behind. So you'll make sure that you try your utmost best to actually catch up and maintain with everybody else. So yes. And then firstly, it sets great foundations for you to build structure so they can use it to fuel your personal health journey for years to come and lastly very key thing benefit of joining a class is proper form is the fitness instructor's job not only to show you proper form but also to make sure that everyone in the class is executing each exercise the right way form and executing exercises the right way is so important because that's what will help you well save you from injuries and injuries trust me i've had one before it took me out of gym for like what close to two to three months it wasn't fun so the the benefit of having someone you know a class trainer a, um, a fitness instructor is that they get to teach you your form and how to do exercise correctly um like i said not only is it important for your muscles not only is proper form important for your muscles to eat the most rewards out of every exercise it helps eliminate any potential injuries point 14 our very last point be kinder to yourselves a lot of times women put themselves under so much pressure to lose weight extremely fast and i think more especially more particularly for pregnant women in this generation where we have um i don't know the rise of the snapback body thing where people like give birth today a week later they're like sharing off their teeny little bodies that has put so much pressure because realistically speaking, a woman that has just given birth, her body does not look like that in a week's time. For most women, for the greater part of it, if you have those genes, fantastic. If you've been keeping fit and always been exercising and that's how your body reacts and responds, fantastic. However, I need us women to be very, very cognizant of the fact that when you started putting on the weight, it took you days, weeks, and months. Yet oftentimes you want to get into the gym for one week, one month and see the results. It doesn't work that way. You're putting your body under so much pressure. What you did accumulated in years. You want to reverse that in one month. That is not fair on you or on your body. So I need you to be kinder to yourself and to be patient. We are developing lifelong sustainable habits. And like I said, success is not linear. You will encounter challenges. I do too. Um, I'm not always at my fitness peak. Right now, I'm not. But you know what? I'm not going to fret about it. What I do is that every single morning, I go up, I show up, I die, I resuscitate. <laughs> and you do it again the very next day. And more importantly, because it's what, September already? And the year's nearly done. And... <clears throat> There's so much pressure to be part of the hot gold summer, you know, group. And I want you to know that it's okay if you haven't met your fitness goals. 
life happens to the most of us. It happens to the best of us. It has happened to me. I had these goals, fitness goals, which I had set out for myself, and I haven't reached it. And you know what I told myself? I'm going to keep exercising. I'm going to keep doing what I do. By the end of the year, my December will have to accept whatever body or whatever state I'm in. All I know is that I've done my best to that point, and it's okay. Just do your best. Literally, just do your best. So I'm about to wrap up this podcast. Um, I hope it was helpful. Please give me feedback, guys, any topics that you guys want to expand on. I know for the next one, I'm going to talk about the importance of protein and muscle. And there's another podcast topic which was um, I was told to discuss, and that is the protein, the supplements which I take. And I'll do that. Anything else, let me know. And I will gladly and easily share And if not, I'll just give you what I think is important and you can't complain. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much for tuning in and have a beautiful week ahead. Stay fit and much love. Ciao.